Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. This episode is brought to you by YouTube channels Howie Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content weekly on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. My name is Brandon Hernandez. I'll be taking you through what we saw yesterday on May the 1st on Sunday of the first two matchups of the second round in the NBA playoffs, as well as what to expect from today's matchups as the Miami Heat will actually face off against an Embiid-less 76ers squad for games one and two. However, Embiid might even come back. We'll be talking later on about that in the podcast, as well as a Luka Doncic facing off the superior Suns team, which had the best NBA record in the regular season. But first, we have to look at what we saw already yesterday, Sunday, May 1st, as the first two games in this round two. Gotta say, the most anticipated two rounds, I have to say, throughout this entire playoffs. And we all knew it was building up throughout the regular season for both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference big-name teams to face off. And we got our first matchups. First off, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Boston Celtics. A number two seed Celtics face off and host a number three seed Milwaukee Bucks team. After the Celtics sweep the Brooklyn Nets and they needed a wake-up call. And I have to say, Milwaukee gave it to them. A straight roundhouse kick straight to the face as Milwaukee takes game one in Boston. 101-89 to off of a phenomenal shooting night from Giannis Antetokounmpo who ended up finishing off with a triple-double in this one, the first triple-double of the playoffs so far in 2022 for Giannis Antetokounmpo, 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. And at the same time, you know, he was kind of not all there on the field goal. He was only 9-25 from the field with 36% of shooting. However, went to the line 11 times in this game. So he was getting Celtics in foul trouble. Not even that, Drew Holiday was falling suit. Drew Holiday, who was struggling in that Chicago series offensively, ends up having 25 points and leading the Milwaukee Bucks in this game in scoring. And also, one rebound away from a double-double? It's pretty amazing to see from a guard. Bobby Portis as well with a double-double himself. 15 points and 11 rebounds. And Grayson Allen, the kid, coming out of Duke, still showing, like, he's a he's a real issue right now. From three, 50% was three and six. Only had 11 points in this game. But coming off of the bench, almost giving himself 30 minutes of gameplay. He's a real issue right now. The Boston Celtics want to help out to at least make it a close one. And again, the Boston Celtics, who are the number two seed in this one, hosting it with home court advantage, has probably the best defense efficiency in the NBA in the past few months. And I have to say, keeping Milwaukee to 101 points, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive, especially in today's NBA, where the norm is seeing a majority of these teams getting 110 plus points per game. As a squad, however, the Celtics played great defense. The only issue, their offense wasn't there. The worst shooting performance from a Boston Celtics team in their franchise history. 33% overall from field goal as a team. As a unit, they weren't really doing much. I mean, we look at the numbers right now. Jason Tatum with 21 points. However, 33.3% from the field, making 1-3 in of his actual shots. Jalen Brown, 30.8% from the field. Al Horford. 36.4% from the field. Marcus Smart, 27.3% from the field. Four out of the five starters on that Boston Celtics squad. And mind you, majority of them all took more than 10 shots in this game. They weren't even making more than 35%. The only player that even made even 50% overall in this game, that was the starting lineup, Robert Williams III, who actually comes back now in full force from his injury. But 
I got to tell you, this will not happen again and again. And I hate to say that, too, because we might actually see another Milwaukee versus Chicago. I mean, this seems very, very familiar right now as the Chicago Bulls struggled in the first round against the Milwaukee Bucks just because of the offense and their star key players not even getting more than 35% from the field. This is going to be a series with aggressive defense. It's obviously going to be back and forth, I hope. But I'm telling you right now, Milwaukee, they definitely did the wake-up call here as they took that 101-89 to on Sunday for Game 1 against the Boston Celtics. And then we go to the other Game 1 at 3.30. That 3.30 game, I got to tell you, the Golden State Warriors as the third seed facing off against the Memphis Grizzlies. Same script as the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks game. However, different outcome to the end. The Golden State Warriors as a number three seed take game one away from the home team of the Memphis Grizzlies, 117 to 116. And this one was going down the stretch as Memphis was trying to lead off. They actually had a little bit of a poor shooting performance throughout the entire second half as Golden State kept on building on as they were down early off in the first quarter and then kept on outscoring Memphis in the second quarter, the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter was neck and neck back and forth. However, what a game from Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, which a lot of people were complaining about, oh, he didn't win most improved player of the year. I still think that John Morant deserves it, to be honest with you. But a lot of people said that Jordan Poole deserved it. And let me tell you, he's making his case during these playoffs. His third game so far of having 31 points in this one. It's his third game of having 25 plus points in a playoff game. He ends up with this one, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. And guess what? 60% from the field. He went 12 and 20 overall on shots. He is as accurate as they come. And honestly, this time he was coming off the bench. So Stephen Curry is back in the starting lineup to start off this series. And Curry did not disappoint either. 24 points coming out of him. All right. Andrew Wiggins, 17. Klay Thompson, 15. The main guys, they were producing. However, one of the most chaotic sequences out of the starting lineup of Golden State was actually Draymond Green, who was actually ejected off of a flagrant two, ripping off across the jerseys of one of the Memphis Grizzlies players down low. And honestly, there's a lot of people that said, oh, but it wasn't intentional. You know, it was Draymond was not doing a play on the ball. More or less, he was just trying to push a body away to even, you know, get him to not even take a shot. Doesn't matter if it's intentional. If you ask me, that was an obvious flagrant too because Draymond Green grabbed the jersey. It was excessive. And honestly, it wasn't even a, ball, a play on the ball. So Draymond Green ended up leaving that game midway, which obviously was a challenge for the Golden State Warriors. But it also tells us down the stretch that, hey, the Warriors can do this even without Draymond, who is a huge piece of them defensively in this game. Now for Memphis, John Morant, had another stellar game. And actually, the duo of John Morant and Jackson Jr., both of them combining for just about 67 points in this game, Jaw having 34, Jackson Jr. having 33, they were on fire as a duo. And this is actually something that, I have to say, is a little bit underrated as a duo. Jackson and Morant, they should be one of the better duos in the NBA. Of course, we don't see much stats coming out of Jackson Jr. just because he's not the like efficient guy on that offense. But when he gets going, he gets going. He ended up having that 33 points with 10 rebounds. And not even that, 6-9 and nine from 3. 
If you didn't know, now you know. Jackson is a three-point threat, just like many of the other Memphis Grizzly players on this team, such as Bain, who actually had a little bit of an off night, went one and five on the three, but that won't happen every single game of the series. Guarantee. And this was going down to the wire. Memphis coming on full steam, got the lead late, then the Warriors battled through, Curry was playing great, Clay made some clutch free throws, and then the really questionable out-of-bounds play. There was a basically on a rebound after a free throw, and the ball tipped away and went out of bounds on either Memphis or Golden State. Honestly, it looked like it was going to be out on Memphis, actually. But then it was unreviewable because everyone was out of timeouts and no one can challenge it with many seconds left on the clock. So they decided to do a jump ball. And I got to tell you, I mean, if you're the NBA in the second round of the playoffs, nationally televised, and you got cameras everywhere and the ESPN showing you like, oh, that's obviously off of Memphis or that's obviously off of the Golden State Warriors. Just get the guys out of Secaucus, New Jersey in the NBA headquarters for those referees to at least give either team a chance and just replay it yourself. So I'm going to do official, you know, what happened to the official review? What happened to actually referees coming out and being, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't mess around this deep in a playoff game like the second round of the Western Conference semifinals? Maybe we should actually, you know, figure this one out. But instead, they end up going with a jump ball at center court with, believe it or not, the Memphis Grizzlies ended up getting lucky on this one. And what could have been an out-of-bounds on Memphis, which would have gave Golden State the ball with the last remaining seconds, they end up winning the jump ball, they call a timeout, and they start building up a play. However, John Morant, who I have to say has probably been the most efficient player as he drives in on that quick first step. I mean, the most acrobatic finisher we've ever seen since Derrick Rose out of the guard position. He has a real chance here. He drives inside on, I believe, Gary Payton II. As ironic as that is, Gary Payton being one of the better defenders of all time as a guard, winning Defensive Player of the Year. Gary Payton II is nothing like that. John Morant, with a first quick step, Blows right through him. However, Clay Thompson, who was there guarding Clark, who was bringing a screen over for John Morant, he dives inside saying, hey, I seen the film. I know what's going to happen. So John Morant getting double teamed with Payton trailing behind him. Clay right in front of him. Jaw tries to do a finger roll off the backboard, but it goes way too hard and flies over the rim, and the game is over. As the Golden State Warriors beat out Memphis at home in a close margin, that I thought the Grizzlies were going to win it on that comeback with high self-esteem late in this game. But Golden State wins it 117-116, and those were the first two games of the second round. And let me tell you, I mean, a lot of highlight reels early off in this second round. So what do we see now coming off the NBA in today, May the 2nd? Well, as I said before, the Miami Heat, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, are facing off against the Philadelphia 76ers today. However, the biggest news is that Joel Embiid during the Toronto series had a shot straight to his head and right now he is indefinitely out for the 76ers as he's going to be facing off against injuries again. I mean, he was playing with basically a torn ligament in his hand. So we know that Embiid has a lot of history playing through injury. Not even that, they might even say that in game three and four, they could possibly see Embiid with a mask on to protect his face. He had an injury on his orbital. Uh, I believe it was the top left of his head. I'm not too positive on that just because it's still a little bit shaky right now of exactly what's going on. I mean, he had a concussion protocol and everything. But if one thing's for certain, Joel Embiid will not be with the 76ers in Miami for Game 1 nor Game 2. And 
this is where I think this series for the Miami Heat can be either won or lost. Because Kyle Lowry is not going to be playing game one tonight. James Harden, I mean, a lot of people have said he fell off, but no, he's just, you know, transitioned to be a more of a point guard as he's still averaging a double-double in these playoffs with more than 10 assists in this, in this playoffs, as well as having 19, 20 points a night, which is still giving you some pro of, you know, productivity offensively. It's going to be hard. I really do believe if the 76ers take at least one game, either game one or team two, in Miami, they will most likely win this series. And you're hearing from me first. If somehow, someway, we see James Harden of the Houston Rockets, who got you 40 or 30 a game after going to the club from South Beach, it's possible. It really is possible. Jimmy Butler is day-to-day -day right now with a knee inflammation in his right knee from the first-round series against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, Kyle Lowry's out. I know a couple of guys in the Miami Heat, they're dealing with things back and forth. But, I mean, I also said it in the other podcast, which I had on Friday, I believe, if not Monday, that Victor Oladipo will be a huge part in this round two. Victor Oladipo might be the only reason why the Miami Heat get past this 76er squad, who a lot of people are finding it underestimated that, hey, took them six games to get rid of Toronto, and this was Toronto without Fred Van Vliet, who was playing better, but still, Doc Rivers against a Nick Nurse team. That's a hard matchup, man. That's a hard matchup to go through. And they had Joel throughout the entire series, and without Joel in the first two games, I mean, it's hard to even give Philadelphia a shot in this series. But I'm telling you right now, don't call out Tobias Harris. Don't call out James Harden. Don't even call out Maxi. And actually, that's another thing I'm going to be really interested about this series. The two Kentucky kids, Tyler Hero and Maxi, going at it, that should be entertaining. That should be great TV that you'll be able to see on TNT for game one tonight at 730. Between the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. And then the game after that, I mind you, Luka Magic, we saw it all in the first round against the Utah Jazz as the Mavericks got rid of them in six games. However, the Suns went to six games against the Pelicans. Nobody saw that coming. I have to say that Pelicans team got all that full steam through the play-in, winning two games straight. Then they come up, take one in Phoenix. They still go two and two midway through this series. And then, of course, the Phoenix Suns, they battle out, get one in the Valley, and then Devin Booker comes back for Game 6. And Devin Booker was phenomenal. And actually, believe it or not, in this series for that game, Devin Booker so far averaging 26.8 points a game throughout these playoffs. And I mind you, Devin Booker looks to be back for Luka Magic against Dallas. So where do we find ourselves? Well, we find ourselves on three possible outcomes. And this might actually all come from Phoenix. One, if Chris Paul is not healthy, right? Let's say that Chris Paul ends up going off and, oh, you know, my legs are kind of exhausted. Some of that we saw last year when he went to the finals and you saw his body deteriorate as he kept on going through a playoff series. And it's almost like, you know, he's not able to even pick up his pace. If that happens in this series, because obviously... Chris Paul is going to have to face against a huge sized of Mavericks team, as well as Brunson still giving you 30 or so. Spencer Dinwiddie might give you 20-something. Luka Doncic might give you 30, right? And they're all both facilities in the ball going back and forth on the wings. It could be hard for Chris Paul to defend, let alone Chris Paul to even navigate offensively as the point guard. Now, option two, 
we could also see DeAndre Aiden build up. DeAndre Aiden, so far, averaging basically 17 points and 10 rebounds so far in these playoffs through the regular season. And honestly, he's probably one of the biggest pieces of that Suns team. Underrated because he obviously was the first-round pick in that draft that brought us Trey Young and Luka Doncic. But at the same time, I mean, he has the most success out of the two. He has the most playoff experience out of the two. Most finals experience, obviously, out of the two. And he just keeps on getting better. And he's really fighting to get his M- like at least a contract from Phoenix or something out of somebody. Because there's a lot of people that don't really believe in him. And I want to tell you right here, right now, believe in Aiden. Because Aiden will show off and say, hey, check it out what I did to my other draft class. They're not getting past us with me on the court. So DeAndre Aiden needs to show up in this series as well. Help out against Powell and the other players that are going to be driving inside or at least getting those offensive rebounds for the second chance points from the Dallas Mavericks. And as well, Devin Booker is probably the third thing that could possibly happen in this one. Devin Booker versus Luka, look out for that. Those will be two players that I guarantee you give you 25 plus. You can put a bet on that. 25 plus a game in in sense of points between Luka and Devin Booker. If Devin even falls off, there's no way the Suns can be able to catch up. Yeah, sure, Cam Johnson could give you a basket here. Dale McKell Bridges obviously playing great defense. DeAndre Aiden, as I said, again, don't sleep on him. He can take control of that backcourt. But what I'm saying is, I mean, do not sleep on the idea that Devin Booker could be the main offensive piece here, even dealing through a recent injury, as well as going back and forth, probably going to be playing 30 to 35 minutes if he's obliged to, of course. Don't know how Monty Williams is going to be playing Devin Booker throughout that first series against the Pelicans, obviously all coming off an injury. But he, to me, he looks like he's basically 100%, and we'll be having to look up that on TNT at 10 o'clock tonight, May the 2nd. And I want to thank you again for joining in for this NBA Courtside Podcast Episode 13. And do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you again.